everybody, welcome to the Metal Mama podcast. My name is Candace. You probably know me as the Metal Mama, and today, well, I'm not solo again. I am here with a guest, and I will let them introduce themselves. Hello, my name is Christopher Jones, aka Jonesy, aka Shred Rogers, um, <laughs> one of the co-founders and guitarist of the cyber metal band A Dark Halo, as well as my solo project, um, Shred Rogers. Awesome. So, can you explain to me, like? What what genre do you consider cyber cyber metal? That's that's kind of a newer one for me. Well, that's the genre. Uh, it's it's <laughs> um it kind of started with like uh, the foundations that were laid down by bands like Fear Factory, um, which then uh, kind of has morphed into uh, influenced by gent groups like Meshuga. Okay, um, and uh, there's a group called Mechina based out of Chicago, Illinois that. Um, has been, uh, I guess, carrying the flag of cyber metal for some time now. Um, oddly enough, our um, co-lead vocalist Melrose is also part of the Mechina project. So, <laughs> very. But yeah, cool. we. But yeah, so we call ourselves cyber metal because we kind of just fit in that. Um, you know, like Fear Factory as a foundation, but then um, it has like a futuristic vibe to it, and mm-hmm. we throw in a lot of uh, keyboard layers and orchestral layers. And um, a lot of effects on the vocals to kind of just give that like an otherworldly sound. Nice. So it's kind of like metal meets a little bit of sci-fi. Yes. Mm-hmm. Ah, I like that. I actually do like that. Okay. Sorry. It's just, that was a genre that I'm like, I'm not too sure I'm familiar with that. I am familiar with Fear Factory though, but yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then um, my solo project, Shred Rogers, is more like a death thrash, maybe a little bit power metal-y. Um, mm-hmm. And it'll get more into that with the melodic uh, guitars in the future. Okay. But um, yeah. yep. And isn't that the one that you did the nursery rhymes on? That is correct. Yes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So I've released a, a few singles so far, but um, I have the whole album planned out for Shred Rogers. And, and um, it's going to have a half of the songs are going to be reimagined um, nursery rhymes. And the other half are uh, more like heartfelt um, instrumental uh, tracks and oddly enough almost all of the instrumentals were written in honor of someone over the last Aww. like 15 years i've been demoing these songs for a long time before i knew what they were so <laughs> oh that's super cool well i want to i have questions yes but first i want to talk a little bit about a dark halo because i know you guys have a new thing going on right now that's right yeah so uh, we just released our new brand new album omnibus one and we came out with that on July 14th this year. Uh, we just recently, um, it came out originally digitally, but we just um, got our stock in for the uh, Digipack version. And then we have a super expanded uh, USB stick version that has um, the eight track album plus the uh, single <laughs> mixes. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Yeah. And then there's also like our, our uh, first album is on that uh, USB stick as well. And some other uh, bonus features <laughs> very nice did you ever i i remember that we were in a discord call not long ago and you were showing off the little 3d printed thing did you ever manage to do much with that yes so mm-hmm. the um artwork for the omnibus one cover shows this uh little like tetrahedron borg looking thing f- floating through the galaxy yeah and the concept is that um a dark halo takes quite some time to um release singles just because we want to we have a bangers only philosophy. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we, we just choose the top 
uh, songs. And we've we've worked through many, many, many that you'll likely never hear. Uh, but the ones that make the cut will put out as digital singles. Um, but when we have we feel like we have enough tracks to do an album, we'll release what's called the omnibus then. And it's supposed to be like the idea, like this tetrahedron's floating through the galaxy. And within it is all the um, uh, information and knowledge from, you know, this like cybernetic uh, um, uh, civilization. So when that was uh, being discussed with me originally by um, uh, Dave Lomiller, the uh, lead singer and, and co-founder, I am a physical merch guy. I always have been, even as the world kind of goes more digital. I'm like, we got to do something cool with that omnibus concept. So I had a good friend and fan of ours, uh, Will Sisney. Um, he uh, has a 3D printer and he developed, using that artwork, a 3D printed tetrahedron. And within that, you can store your USB copy of the album. So <laughs> it's all contained within the omnibus. I love that. And that, so there you go, guys. Now you have to go order your USB copy. Well, and the and the little the little omnibus thing too. I do actually have to say, unfortunately, uh, it was a very limited run, and we sold out within I think three minutes of it going live. Are so, you serious? Wow! Uh, yeah, it, it, it we definitely um, the demand was higher than we expected. So, unfortunately, the tetrahedrons are gone. But you still can order the USB stick. Yes. Okay. Well, you have to order the USB stick, and then you're gonna have to like check on eBay or Etsy for the other one. There you go. Right. Yep. <laughs> or wait, you know, like two or three more years and then then go look for it and pay like, you know, six thousand bucks for it. <laughs> I hope I hope people don't pay that much, but <laughs> you know it'll happen. Like eventually Aww. it'll be like, yeah, it's gonna happen. Then you could be like, some dude just paid six thousand dollars for this. <laughs> or more. Yeah. Or more. Well, sorry guys, you can't get the the cool little omnibus that kind of gave me some Hellraiser movie vibes, but yeah, that's just yeah. me. Okay, so I'm not wrong. Okay, you had the ship thing in the one Hellraiser movie. That was the vibes I got from it. Well, I mean, we, we definitely have a horror element to our music, and uh-huh. uh, some of the um, subject matter, you know, can can bring those feelings out. So it's it's not really uh, too far removed with that, you know, okay. your, your thought there. <laughs> okay, that's cool. I mean, it doesn't look anything like it, but for some reason, like seeing the album cover and the whole thing, I was like, that that's the vibe I'm getting is that that ship in the one Hellraiser movie. I can't even remember which movie it was, but it was one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a major horror buff. Sorry. I know, I know. I'm a metalhead who's not a big horror buff, but. Honestly, I'm I, not either. I, I, I like the old uh, 80s Thrasher, or Thrasher, excuse me, Slasher films. But uh, both work. Yeah. Besides, <laughs> exactly. Besides that, I don't really um, watch horror either. <laughs> I do not like the only horror I ever really watched was like the really old horror stuff, like you know Lon Chaney stuff and whatever. Oh wow. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I liked, like the old Hollywood monsters and that kind of thing. I thought those were pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I did watch. Uh, I did watch the new Hellraiser, and I liked it. Now, is it a reimagining or is it a a, a sequel? Yes. A little bit of both, actually. Both. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It's a little bit of both. Um, it's definitely a reimagining of Hellraiser. Um, and it also is kind of a sequel. But um, I thought I thought they were going to pull, you know, kind of like what Hollywood's doing right now is they're like, we're redoing all these movies and or cartoons, not thinking about G.I. Joe, uh, that existed and making them horrible. 
and <laughs> I right. that's exactly what's happening. And so I'm like, oh great, it's a remake of Hellraiser, and like the original Hellraiser is like this was campy, like that was the point. Right. But I watched it and I was like, oh no, this is good, and um, I think it's kind of pulling from the comics too. So yeah, wow, mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, because okay. there's a whole story behind the female pinhead thing that actually does exist and i'm like i wonder if that's her like they didn't really explain how she got there but i think it's the same chick so so you can get backstory if you get the comics and stuff yeah 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 there is a backstory and there is there is a female hell priest that that does come about um but the the movie doesn't really go in depth so but i think it's her i'm not sure but i think it's the same same character you know talking about multimedia um entertainment i just a couple days ago got the first issue of the ziltoid the omniscient comic book are you familiar with with this no go ahead tell me yeah so ziltoid the omniscient was a uh originally a single album concept released by devin townsend okay uh who he's he uh, got known through his strapping young lad project Mm -hmm. um it's very heavy industrial metal but he's gone on to do all like a plethora of albums of material over the years. And um, when he was kind of purging uh, a lot of his darker side, uh, he created like his strapping a lad persona as a alien puppet named huh. Ziltoid. And, and then made this, this little cheesy story about it. So the Ziltoid, the omniscient album is about Ziltoid. Who's a fourth dimensional being who comes to earth to steal all of our coffee, because apparently coffee beans um, can cause, you know, give you a lot of power in the fourth dimension. So it's the most ridiculous album. Does he not um, realize how many people like would, would just like go into intergalactic war over that? <laughs> yes. And, and not only that, but there's multidimensional beings in the story, even fifth dimensional and it gets even more. And then he came out with a sequel uh, a few years after that called um, Z2 Dark Matters. And it's kind of a slight retelling of the first album, but with a lot more production. Um, Are you familiar with Devin Townsend stuff too much? I I do know who he is. I'm not too terribly though, but yeah. 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 He's all over the place these days. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I love that. Gosh, somebody else got, had a comic that they were teasing recently and I can't remember who it was. I saw it on Instagram and I love, I love when bands and artists like take their music and create more with it just like you you were telling me with your band i mean you guys have like this whole story behind what you're doing mm-hmm. and i love when people do that well and and with my shred rogers solo project i plan to do a lot more of that like actually i want to have a comic book uh using the um character that i designed as my alter ego i guess i guess so so maybe it's somewhat influenced by what devin has done over the years okay um, and whether i didn't even realize it you know <laughs> I so. I was like, do you do you kind of like do you have a drawing or anything for him? Yeah, so um, currently I have my Shred Rogers uh, music. I've released uh, four singles. I do have it on uh, Spotify, and the the album artwork shows that character on each cover. So the idea is that I want to when I perform live someday as Shred Rogers, um, I'll be I have like a corpse paint uh, design on my face, but instead of uh-huh. black corpse paint, it's rainbow. Oh, so it's it's the same uh, character I've seen on Discord. That's correct. Okay, I was just gonna say, wait a minute, I know that character. Okay, so that's the same guy. All right. Yep, yep. Because because what I really wanted to do, like my ultimate goal with Shred Rogers, is to um, 
release family friendly metal music um fueled by I love, love uh, for my adopted children uh, and the foster children um, that I've had so the, oh the colors God. on the faces was originally designed to be like the color wheel like when you're looking at a color wheel and teaching color oh, okay. theory to kids sure. um yeah but I know like the rainbow color has has a lot more meaning to it now in, in, the, in our world um which I'm not necessarily against that either um mainly I, I would love to come out with this like bright character and and I do want people to kind of question like what is this guy all about and hopefully when they listen to my music they can find that it's like the excitement that that where I'm coming from it's like I love metal and I think it could be for everyone and it sure. doesn't have to it doesn't have to always be like evil and hate-filled and things like that you know yeah I mean power metal typically isn't typically i'm not saying it always isn't but it's mm-hmm. typically but it, when like i'm gonna kind of go on the kids thing because i absolutely love the fact that you're like i want to make metal that my kids can listen to yes. it's like how awesome is that and i think we all know that anybody who listens to this show knows normally i have a pretty bad mouth but i'm curbing it because <laughs> i know you have small humans and in case you want them to listen to it that way you won't be like oh get past this part because i am like i'm actually watching my mouth this time oh well thank you for that (laughs) (laughs) but i love that so much you know i was just telling you before we started recording that uh, my roommate has a a Mm three-year-old and she enjoys metal too like i think i put a thing on um my story where she was like she told us she had to go dance so i put on like random metal and so she's like they're dancing to bloodbound but if you really think about what she was listening to probably not the best bet for a child <laughs> yeah i mean i love bloodbound they're awesome but i'm not sure about them being appropriate for a three-year-old right yeah and so i love the fact that you're like i want to make this that that my kids can like it is that where the reimagined nursery rhymes came from it is but, okay. but but the one thing that I'm I'm really proud of, though, is that I'm also not holding back like my um, Baba Black Sheep cover was very intentionally made to be like brutal mm-hmm. um, symphonic black metal in a vein like um, Demi Bourgier. Oh, awesome. So like if you're listening to it, not knowing what I'm about, you would think it was wow. Did Demi Bourgier just do a cover? So <laughs> like I'm, so I'm not holding back with um, like I want it to be as authentic as other bands like Bloodbath even that mm-hmm. you would listen to, but realizing that, you know, there's no cr- cussing on it and it, yeah. And it's just literally a, um, uh, a nursery rhyme. Uh, like I have, uh, awesome. one of my covers I'm coming out with soon is there's a song called I'm a nut. Uh huh. And it goes like, I'm an acorn small and round lying on the cold, cold ground like that. But I'm going to be like, I'm an acorn small and round, lying on the cold, cold ground. People oh come and God. step on me. That's why I'm so cracked, you see. Oh, you know? that's amazing. <laughs> you know what that makes me think of is when Death Clock did the comfy jingle. Oh, did they? <laughs> oh, nice. That's what that makes me think of. Because <laughs> oh, it's yeah. like, you know, the comfy jingle was like, you know, pretty much like this is a commercial jingle. And sometimes nursery rhymes can sound like a jingle. And that's all I was thinking of when you just did that. Right. Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, to me, at least, my my personal opinion is it's still metal, you know, just because, like, you've pulled some cursing out of it or maybe pulled some certain language out of it. Like, you're still, it's still metal, you right. know? Yeah. Well, and then, and I'm sure you can relate to this, too, but, like, you, you know, even though, like, 
there's a lot of bands out there that do curse or have dark imagery or maybe a dark meaning. Most of the time, it's very therapeutic anyway. I mean, I I listen to bands that, Mm -hmm. you know, I wouldn't show my kids. uh, Sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah, for sure. But it still, like, you know, helps me get through hard times. Right. Absolutely. And I'm not I'm not saying like, obviously, you know, like everybody knows what I I like. So I'm not saying like if somebody curses or has, you know, like some pretty dark or rough imagery or whatever in their songs that they're wrong. They're not at all wrong. You know, that's that's part of their expression and what they're creating. And I love it, too. Um, You know, but when you're dealing with very tiny little ears, even if they like it, it's like at least what you're doing. Like, you know, kids have a different level of understanding than we do. Right. Yeah. And so, like, they would be able to understand what you're doing. Whereas, like, you know, if I went and, like I said, played, like, Bloodbound for a kid, they'd be like, what's going on? <laughs> <You know? laughs> right. So, you know, I actually wanted to ask you, um, maybe, uh, like, wh- what is one of your favorite uh, recent Power Metal releases? Because um, Power Metal is something that I've always dabbled in over the years. Uh-huh. But... I think my understanding of power metal is different than what it actually is now. Um, Oh God, that's a hard one, man. Where's power metal ranger when I need him. We could talk about this with you for like the next six hours. (laughs) (laughs) Your kids would be waking up for school the next morning and you'd be like, are you guys done yet? (laughs) Let me ask you this then instead. Um, Do you consider Nightwish power metal? No, yeah, no, no, not no. They're they're okay. symphonic. I mean, okay. So mm-hmm. I don't hate Nightwish. Obviously, like Floor Jansen has an amazing, beautiful voice. Um, yes. I I saw them live recently, but I would consider them more symphonic than power. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but like here's the thing with power metal today, and I actually talked about this on a previous episode on one of my solo episodes. Power metal is kind of in the middle of the shifty thing going on. Mm, okay. So there's like your classic power metal sound. And the best way I can describe that is, you know, Dio. I think everybody will yep. default to Dio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of bands right now that it's very obvious their new music is going into those roots. Like they are digging into their roots mm-hmm. and sticking with it. Um, Adrian Benegas, who I know you know who he is, his most yes. recent album. Perfect yes. example of that perfect example of that but then you've got a lot of other power metal bands that they're still power metal but they're throwing a lot of symphonic in there or you know maybe just experimenting like throwing a little thrash a little speed like they're crossing the genres pretty heavy Mm -hmm. and so you're seeing a little bit of both happening a lot of and it's like not that anybody's actually fighting but it almost feels like some kind of unspoken fight of like you've got this group of people who are like we are sticking with our roots and then this other group who's like let's see what we can do over here guys <laughs> so that's kind of where power metal's at right now do, do you consider dragon force to be power metal uh yeah yeah but, uh, but they're kind of like a bastardization of it aren't they yeah yeah i mean i think people but then again like people would argue with me about avantasia too mm-hmm. um because, like, there's, there's you know, a lot of people will say they're not power metal. I'm like, ah, I kind of think they are. But mm-hmm. I do, yeah, <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, Dragon yeah, Force. Yeah. I, know, I know that's like, you know, all three of you listening are like, well, I'm done with Metal Mama now. But that's where I'm sticking oh. to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just remember when they came out, like, I mean, they, they were, 
they were um, very all about a million notes a minute um, and the showmanship. And I think they called themselves power metal at one point, didn't they? Yeah. And I Extreme think so at least. Metal, I think. Yeah, yeah. And like, I mean, Dragon Force is one of those things where it's like, are they actually power metal? Probably not. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're Dragon Force. Like that's pretty much yep. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and, you know, they still have the fastest guitar players I've ever seen. So. <laughs> yeah, right? Whew. Yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm seeing them live in November, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm like, that's nice. going to be a really cool show, yeah. Yeah, but it's it's funny, because a lot of what I listen to that it's like, all right, yeah, Metal Mama is totally about power metal. It's like, yeah, but I listen to more than that. It's just mostly power metal. Okay. So that, that would be like, so my listening tastes uh, tend to be in progressive metal and yep. black metal or yeah. symphonic black metal. That's where I tend to live most of the time. Yeah. But, uh, but I also um, branch out not only in other metal genres, but other music as well. So. Oh, same. Yeah. I've got a lot yeah. of other music genres that I listen to as well. But like, I think like when you're a metalhead and maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like metalheads, we all have that one genre of metal that we're like, this is kind of where I'm at most of the time. Mm -hmm. And then we're yeah. like, but I'm also here, 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 and here too. Right. Yeah. And, yeah, I think and actually I, I'm realizing that it's more thrash metal. I think is where I, that would be my, my most comfortable home. Like, um, mm -hmm. classic Sepultura and, oh, yeah. um, Metallica, of course, the old the old albums, the first yeah. four um, and things like that. But uh, but yeah, but then like the second wave black metal bands like um, Emperor and Demon War Gear and um, Morbid Angel is a big. Oh, my God. My brother could talk with you for days about that. <laughs> that's like that's that's where he lives with metal is right there. Yeah. Oh, OK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's why when you're naming it off, I'm like, oh, yeah, my brother. Like, I mean, but same as me, he branches out because I'll let him like, you know, pop over some power metal to him sometimes. and He'll be like, oh, I like this. Yeah, this is good. So <laughs> um, Camelot is a group that I have dabbled in in the power. metal oh, yes. world. Yeah, that um, would be I think that like Camelot, Sabaton and arguably Powerwolf, just because for some reason they have so many memes with their music, tend to be bands that will introduce people to the power metal side of things. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing that, that fascinates me about the genre is that, from what I understand of it so far, is that it's so professional and clean. Yep. Like, the performances are just mm -hmm. top-notch. Yeah, around. it's it's like... You know, I was talking and I was talking about the fact that it feels to me, at least, like most power metal vocalists have some level of classical training. Mm -hmm. And you almost have to. Mm -hmm. Because, like you said, you know, not only do they have those nice, clean vocals, but they're so well controlled and they have to hit notes that I'm like, yeah, you got to have some training for that. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. With some exceptions, there are some people I know of that are vocalists that they'd never had a day of training. And I'm like, wow, what a gift. Uh huh. Yeah. But you are right. Like, and I think Campbell has a perfect example of that. Like, those are some hard ass notes to hit, but he always hits them. Like, I know they're, they're more progressive, but like Arion is a group that I've loved off and on over the years. Um, well, who did you say again? Arion, it's A-Y-R-E-O-N. 
Oh, okay. That's not the band I was thinking of. I was thinking of a, a band out of Latin America. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. So Arjun Lucasen, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, uh, but mm-hmm. he's the uh, gentleman who, who has the Arion project. He's, he's a Dutch um, musician and uh, every album he has different people on it, but, but he has a lot of the really like um, powerful uh, classically trained vocals, vocalists on his stuff. Um, I know this guy's name. Why do I know this guy's name? Why is it ringing such a bell? Um, now I have to go look. I have to Google this. Star One. Um, Stream of Passion. Um, those are some other bands he has. Oh, okay. I've got um, I've got a a couple tracks of like looks like might be under his own name just on like a random playlist on Spotify. That's how I know it. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Like he's, he's used uh, people from like Epica before. Oh, um, nice. Well, the singer dream theater has been on his albums. Um, Even Devin Townsend has been on one Uh, pretty much like all kinds of people. Uh, over the years so that's yeah i was gonna say that's already a pretty impressive lineup of vocalists though yep yeah i think even flora was on it or at least her sister was on one of the albums oh that's super cool she's got an amazing voice beautiful voice oh yeah yeah i always gauge like bands by like when i hear them live do they sound the same or similar because i know you can't always be great live you know there's 50 million things and i live in denver colorado where i am genuinely shocked some of the people who perform here like they come here from usually kansas city or whatever the night before i'm like how are you breathing right now because i know (laughs) you are not used to elevation but so when somebody performs here live and they do a good job they do a really good job and she did (laughs) wow yeah yeah, because again, like I'm in Denver, so I am literally at a mile elevation. And when you come here in the previous day, you were, you know, down on the Great Plains. Like you ain't breathing all day, honey. You need at least three days to acclimate. And that's just the beginning. But then the next night you're belting out music. You are a good vocalist. <laughs> Man. Yeah, they they must have really good lungs. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, when when you guys decide touring, just remember that when you hit Denver, none of you are going to be able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we'll just make sure to do uh, a lot of training, um physical training then. <laughs> it is it is this thing where um I don't know where it's at, but I know there's a gym here that trains uh MMA fighters and also Olympians. Because oh. if they can have their endurance up here at this elevation, they're mm. fantastic wherever else they're, you know, competing. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. And I'm like, you know what? That makes so much sense. <laughs> so uh, I wanted to tell you, um, so the singer uh, of Flora's sister, her name is Irene Jensen. And I guess she mm-hmm. was a part of a power metal group called Karma. Okay. Okay. Anyway. So, so yeah, Irene Jensen is who sang on, uh, the Arian album. It's called the human equation. That's personally my favorite one that they released or they, you know, Arian's released. I don't really, I don't, I'm not too familiar with her. And now I feel bad because like, if she's even partially as good as her sister, I'm sure she has an amazing voice as well. And so I'm like, ah, oh, why haven't I heard of her? <laughs> it's been a while since I've listened to it. So I, I, I couldn't tell you um, how she sounds in comparison but, now um... I'm going to have to, I've already got the name <laughs> searching in on Spotify. So I'm sure that 
<laughs> I'm going to go look after this and be like, all right, let's listen. But I have nice. to finish this uh, one song I've been checking out. So I uh, I know I talked about Power Metal Ranger and I catch up with his channel, you know, at least once a week. And he had this band that I'm like, I haven't heard of them yet. And I was listening to the track and I'm like, oh, this is good. It's kind of got like a sort of like old school 80s, almost Southern rock kind of a feel to it. And I'm like, I oh. like this. Yeah. <laughs> what's what? What's that band? Um, They're called Rosario. They're actually out of Norway. So they're not oh. even American. Yeah. I'll uh, actually, I'll just link it to you on this Discord. Because if you appreciate like kind of the classic rock or, you yes. know, like older Southern rock, you might mm-hmm. really dig that track. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Yeah. And for those of you listening, I will link the track in the show notes below, as well as all of your stuff, too. I'll be linking your band and everything else as well. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. They need to know where they can get your stuff. So I'll, I'll link both of your projects, of course. But Yeah, so so if folks are interested in listening um, and purchasing the, the limited merch that we have, uh, we do have a Bandcamp page. That's the best place to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one thing I want to mention is over the, over the time that we've been um, uh, doing releasing the singles that have become Omnibus One, uh, we've made a video, either a, um, a full produced music video or a lyric video for every track except the final track on the album. And we're actually in working on uh, completing that video right now too. So at some point, um, all eight tracks will have a video component on YouTube that you can check out. Super cool. I know I've seen a couple of them already, so I will uh, I will also link those down below Sweet. for you to All check right. out. Yeah. So uh, do you know, and I know I'm totally putting you on the spot, do you know the ETA for that uh, last music video, or are you aware yet? No, I am not aware yet. We're still okay. uh, getting getting things put together since um, our band is uh, primarily based in Austin, Texas, but there's a few of us that are outliers, uh, so we do a lot of... Um, you know, recording out of our, our home studios, um, mm-hmm. whether it's video footage or audio and, and, uh, and then put piecemeal together. Uh, we, we have, a, we have a, a really cool team of, um, uh, audio visual experts as well that help us out. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think you're in Texas. Are you? I am not. I, I didn't Michigan. think so. I was like, wait, that, that's right. I thought, I thought you were, I didn't want to give away where just in case you didn't want me to, but I was like, I thought that's where you were at. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's where I'm at. That's one thing I love about music today is how people can put together a project from legitimately all over the entire world. Yes. You know, yes. and it's so awesome. Yeah. Our, um, the, the gentleman who's been producing our, uh, that did the mix and masters for omnibus one. And he's also been doing my shred Rogers songs is uh-huh. Tommy out of Tomster studios. And he's uh, based in the Netherlands. Wow. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. So you guys are like, you know, you're an American project, yet mm-hmm. the person who does all your mastering is all the way over in the Netherlands. And like, that's just, that's what I love about music today is that people yes. are able to do that. And yep. I love, I love that you guys do that too. That, that makes me happy. Yep. Yeah. I, I actually, um, I did a Shred Rogers uh, collaboration with um, the last Bear Ender, who he's a, a Netherlands based mm-hmm. artist as well. Um, we released that. I think about a month ago. Okay. Uh, but that, you can find that on Spotify. It's called the only thing they bear is you. Um, <laughs> yep. And that one is like a, a mixture of our styles. Like he is definitely like lives in the super heavy gent kind of 
video game inspired world of okay. instrumental music. And then I'm more of a thrash guy. So, so we kind of mixed our styles together. That's uh, an that interesting one. mix. Yep. That's going to mm-hmm. be a real interesting mix. I'm going to go check it out because I hadn't heard it, but yeah, it's going to be an interesting mix of music there. I wonder how that sounds. That's, oh, now I want to hear it. So wait, <laughs> how many projects do you have and how are you managing this with the amount of children you have? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I do have three children um, that I've fostered and then uh, adopted. Um, but I, I just find the time. It's uh, I, I've made music um, more of a priority as far as uh, professional life um, mm-hmm. during and after the pandemic. You know, that kind right. of impacted me. I, I left another um, a different uh, career to uh, originally to, to help take care of my uh, father who had passed away uh, a couple of years ago. But um, I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. Well, it, what's what one beautiful thing from that? It's kind of an Easter egg is that um, he survives now in our song Afterworld by a dark halo. Oh, yep. I love that. Yeah. The, the, lyrically, the song kind of um, kind of talks about, you know, when you're missing someone and they're on the other side and you would do anything to um, to have them back. Right. Aww. Um, well, we were kind of in the process of making the, uh, song and the video and my father had passed and, um, the, the other guys in the band decided to, uh, they asked if I had any voicemail recordings or anything of my dad. And, uh, so I sent some stuff over to him and, uh, and they produced him. So he kind of sounds like, um, before the first chorus, you can kind of, like when it gets a little heavier, um, you can kind of hear some static. You like, it's supposed to kind of sound like an astronaut trying to get through a lot of like, and um, it's your dad. It's actually my father who has since passed. So, Oh, yep. And he's a, he was a huge influence on me with music and, uh, he had like a huge vinyl collection. (laughs) So he would be tickled to know that he's in a song. (laughs) That is beautiful. I love that. That I think that's wonderful, especially taking somebody's voice like that and making it, you know, that is all. I love that so much. Yeah. (laughs) That is so beautiful. I have, uh, I have something similar that I'll share. It was my, my grandmother that I was super duper close to. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I did when she passed, I got some voicemails of hers. Um, obviously didn't produce it. So what I'm doing is she always said the same thing when she hung up the phone. She never said, I love you. She just always said, I'll talk to you later. Bye. And so I'm getting the waveform of that tattooed on me. Wow. Yeah. That is a really cool idea. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting because I have like four or five different voicemails and I've matched up to make sure the waveforms match up. So I'm going to get the waveform of her saying that tattooed. Wow. Is it a pretty <laughs> long waveform? No, not at all. No, it's it's literally her saying, I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's it. Wow. Mm hmm. Yeah. But that that just like you talking about doing that with your dad's voicemails kind of made me think of the same thing. And I was like, oh, I was feeling a little choked up because that's so beautiful that you did that. Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't originally my idea. I have to give the credit to Dave and, and the rest of the band and Dark Halo for um, thinking about it. But um, I certainly appreciate it. it. It's helped with the um, processing of the grief. And uh, oddly wow. enough, I mean, if, if you're to listen, trying to find it in the uh, in the song, you can't really tell. Like, you wouldn't be able to hear a man's voice, right? You would just right. hear just like a static. 
almost like a radio communication sure in the background but yeah it's in in a similar way it's like he became a waveform <laughs> right yeah that's kind of like when you were talking about that sort of why i thought of that i'm like it's it's a very similar thing immortalizing right. somebody in that way and that is like i said i can't say anything else except for i truly think that's beautiful like what an amazing memorial yeah i love that wow yeah that's so cool oh I love that dude you're you're like you're a pretty admirable person I mean seriously like you've got several different projects going and I absolutely adore the fact that you not only fostered but adopted children because that is just uh, that takes a heck of a heart to do and I know you know that well it's it's uh thank you thank you so much for your your kind words I um in, in my journey of life uh and my on my journey to become a parent, um, really the only route we had, um, you know, it's just the way things turned out was we could either foster or just not have children. Mm-hmm. Um, so we took the risk and, uh, it is a challenging, um, path to becoming a parent for sure, <laughs> because you're willing, you're willfully taking on, um, kiddos that have dealt with some pretty traumatic stuff. Right. And you're trying to help manage that and get them on a better path and give them, Mm -hmm. give them a life that they deserve. Um, so that, that's the hard part, but it has been, you know, amazingly blessed. I'm I'm amazingly blessed because all my kids are extremely amazing. And, um, you know, I can see the work we're doing, um, helping. Um, so, so yeah, that, that desire to continue to like try to change the world and leave it better than I found it is why, I've decided to start doing more with you know, not only Dark Halo, but Shred mm-hmm. Rogers, you know, both both projects are very much like taking trauma and trying to make something beautiful out of it. That's what I mean, like at the core. So if there's one thing people who are musicians and artists do very well, it's that. I mean, right. I think I think so many of us in one way or another tend to, you know, take what we've been through and take what's kind of hurt us and to me sometimes creating art out of something like that can be part of a healing process i don't know how you feel about that but i know that's oh, yes. how i feel yeah oh yeah, yeah. i i found that like every, almost it seems like almost every time i get close to finishing a song or you know participating in a music video i'm mm-hmm. concurrently going through like the hardest day or month of my life oh <laughs> It's like you, you truly do bleed for your music. Yep. Sometimes. Um, yeah, it's it's very odd how that happens. It's like yep. you have to just you have to slog through it through the finish, you know, the finish line sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. So. But then once you make it, you're just like, oh, my gosh, look what I accomplished. Right. Yeah. And yep. I, I think that's so cool. And I also love the fact that going along with, you know, fostering and adopting kids, you're, you're literally taking the music that you love which is yes. metal and being like, I'm going to make this so you can enjoy it. And, and exactly. you know that it is something that they can listen to. Right. I think that is amazing. And now I have this <laughs> whole idea of like, you know, what would a kid's metal show look like? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you mentioned death clock earlier. I mean, I think that's, that's kind of, well, I guess it's not really a kid's show, is it? It's just I don't think Metalocalypse is a kid's no. show, no. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great um, show. Don't get me wrong. I love Metalocalypse, but I don't think it's a kid's show. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Touch violent. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I yes. mean, the very thing I was talking about with the coffee jingle, didn't he like melt the faces off of people with the coffee? 
That's true. That's true. <laughs> Violence is funny. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> yeah, but that cartoon sure makes it seem that way. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it's definitely it definitely has a humor. You know, it does poke fun at at, at metal. Um, right. Right. Which know, is why I. Uh, why I appreciate it so much, because it pokes every bit of fun at not only metalheads, but like dorks, too. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> Which I am, I can... proudly. Oh, I totally am. I know I am. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you saw what I was playing the other night. I was like, you know, knee deep in Final Fantasy the other night and play D&D every other Tuesday. And oh, yeah, I'm a nerd. Um, what ca- what kind of character are you in your D&D campaign? If you don't I am the I am the DM. Wow, cool. Yeah, I'm the DM for this one. Um, the last thing that I played was a half-orc barbarian. Oh, okay. Yep, I, I, I tried Dungeons & Dragons with a group um, for about a month or two prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I've tried it. I've always been an RPG fan, whether it's been like um, board games or, you know, Japanese RPGs and stuff. Yeah. Video games. But I never tried Dungeons & Dragons, but I have like a... I think that I would enjoy acting. So when I found out that there's an acting component to some of mm-hmm. these games that you play with people, I, I had to give it a try. Oddly enough, the character I was was also a half orc, um, but <laughs> I was a, a bard. Oh, yeah. Which made sense. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Bards are great, but like, of mm-hmm. course, bards kind of get made fun of because they pretty much, you know, seduce everything. That's sort of the stereotype of the bard. Oddly enough, that's kind of what I was doing in the campaign. I and, I, and so I you were playing a bard. I mean, yeah, yeah you were playing I didn't a bard. Know that, that was the point. Yeah, but but mm-hmm. like the, the group I was, we, you know, we we found our, ourselves in a rather rough um, pub, and they turned to me because I had a high um, charisma. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's ended ended up being what I was doing. So I I never knew that uh, that's kind of a common. <laughs> thing for that, a bard. That's what, I mean, you were just playing the bard. It's okay. I think that's a rule of anybody who plays a bard. You have <laughs> to seduce everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's just, that's kind of, so no, you were playing it right. It's okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Yeah. I do not have a bard currently in my party. One of my players continually threatens that his next character is going to be a bard, and I'm like, oh lord, we're in for it now. So... <laughs> Uh, when you guys play, do you use like the the TV screen map or anything like? Uh, no, like that? we use uh, a virtual tabletop. So VTT, we use Roll Twenty. Um, we basically do everything from Discord because we are all located literally all over the world. Wow, so, that's cool. Yeah, we just uh, we meet on our Discord server, and um, if anybody goes to my website, it's the same Discord server, so they'll see us in a certain channel, like talking crap about D and D, but. Yeah, that that way, like we could get players from everywhere to be able to join in if they wanted to. So that's kind of how I created that game. So, yeah. Nice. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I love virtual tabletops because you do get to play with people. I mean, like uh, one of our players, um, a French Canadian, and then like we're all on different time zones. And <laughs> yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. That is sweet. So it's very similar to kind of like, you know, what a lot of musicians are doing. You know, yeah. you get to just have great conversation and, uh, you know, share sharing a creative moment with world with worldwide influence. Yeah. It's just so fun. Yeah, it's kind of like um, 
you know, I mean, you and I share a Discord server for a community, and I know right. that those of you who are there that are musicians, I mean, you guys are genuinely across the globe and i love like i don't say anything in many of those channels because you know you all are the performers and the musicians but i love seeing you guys talk and share thoughts and ideas back and forth because you know you're you're literally watching musicians from all over the world talking to each other and it's so cool to see it yes yes it's it's very inspiring and um what i love most about you know talking with you, um, working with folks all over and just having conversation is that like, we all have something important that, that we're here to, um, contribute and we all mm -hmm. matter so much. And it's just like wonderful to be able to hold somebody up in a moment with them. Um, and sometimes finding out later that like, that's exactly what they needed to like get through their day and maybe even take on something huge and cool that they otherwise wouldn't have if you hadn't had that conversation, you know, I it's love just that. very inspiring. <laughs> I can't agree with that enough. That's like, I mean, that's kind of, I was talking about this on a previous episode with Pete Rawcliffe, because I think those of us who do reviews and, you know, are on this side of things, like sometimes people expect us to just rip people apart. And huh. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I've seen it. There is a guy who's a wonderful writer, fantastic reviewer, but oh my God, is he an angry person? At least uh -huh. when it comes to albums. Like, I don't know if he likes anything he listens to and he's going to rip them to shreds. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, people love this guy's reviews. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to have somebody come on this show and I'm going to be like, so let's talk about how much crap this was. Like, why? <laughs> why would I do that to someone? Especially not when it's like, you know, he gets that enough from somewhere else, I'm sure. And I never wanted to create a space where I like reviewed and covered music and talked to other musicians where it's like, I don't want to rip them apart. That's not why I'm here. You know, right. it's like, we all love the same kind of music. We all love music. So like, I'm not going to rip you to shreds. Right. I may have some constructive criticism here and there, which I have done, but I'm certainly sure. not going to tear someone apart. Yeah. Cause I mean, there's enough stuff. There's enough crap in this world, you know, it's like, right. We should hold each other up more. <laughs> yeah. And I am, I'm a firm believer in all ships rise you know, if you you're, go. if you're lifting somebody up, if, if I'm here on the show and somebody's on the show and I didn't know that it, they had a horrible, very bad day, you know, well, maybe coming on the show might make them feel a little better because we just got to kick back and for almost an hour talk about nothing but the music they loved. Maybe exactly. that helped them, you know, or like, but yeah. if I'm sitting there like, okay, I know you had a really crap day and now I'm going to rip you to shreds. Like that just doesn't work for me. No, nope. don't do it. I don't want to do it. Nope. It doesn't feel good. <laughs> and I'm sure it doesn't. I mean, I know like as, as somebody who has been not, not on the music side, but I am a published author and I have seen bad reviews of my work and uh -huh. it's like, Oh, I'm having a real bad day right now. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, even, um, so, so a dark halo, uh, originally was a two piece project, just Dave and myself. We released one mm -hmm. album called catalyst. Um, back in 2006. So we were, we had one album out, played some shows with a couple buddies, um, from our local scene back then, um, mm -hmm. performing live, but then we went on a hiatus for a long time. But, um, you know, when that first album came out, like our official reviews, I think we had one on allmusic.com. It's still there now. 
it just was not very kind. And oh, no. Yeah, a lot of our reviews were not good, like not happy. You know, so you could read them and think like, that's what I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up the towel, you know. Right. Um, but we just didn't let it get to us because because mm-hmm. um, we, we found over the years, you know, people did remember that album and they've always wanted more. And we had this like hidden fan base we didn't even know about, you know. Aw. Uh, yeah, that's so, so cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So that 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 inspired us to, you know, come back out. And then we hired um not hired, but uh started collaborating with more people uh, like Melrose and Abe and, and Kay. And, and now, now it feels like a proper, really fun project because everybody is so amazing. That's part of it now. And I just love all of them to death. So yay. Yeah. I'm glad. And I'm glad that bad review didn't get you guys down. Cause I know people who are newer in any kind of the arts, one bad right. review could be the end of it for them. It could. Yeah. It could. I was, I was absolutely terrified uh, when the first novel came out, I was like, oh my God, if the first reviews are bad, I'm just, I'm done. Thank God they weren't. Oh, but um, then a, I'm not going to name the person though. I always want to, but I'm just not <laughs> right. another author in the same genre as me, because believe it or not, folks, what I wrote was historical fiction. Um, they came out and tried to disguise who they were and put out a bad review. And I'm like, oh. you jealous jerk. Yeah, <laughs> and the, yeah, I was like, "Are you kidding me? This is another author. They're just mad." <laughs> That's just how does that help? You know, it doesn't help to do yeah, that stuff. It doesn't help, but and that was the first bad review I got, so I didn't take it personally. But then I got an actual bad review, and I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know how that feels. I'm sure you do. Where it's like, "No, no, don't, don't read that anymore. Just get away, please." <laughs> Well, and and I don't know about you, but like what I found is as time has gone on, I tend to like if I hear better about something, that's what I end up buying and reading and listening to, et cetera. Like, sure. Oh, you hate this? Then I bet I'm going to love it. And most of the times I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the other thing is like I, I said the same thing last episode. I'm like, look, if I'm reviewing something and I tell you I didn't like it, don't forget, this is my opinion. And right. uh, you may not agree, you know. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Like even even if I because I did very recently and I still I'm not naming the band because I like them too much and I don't want to keep reminding myself I didn't like their latest single mm-hmm. and I had to be constructive about it and I felt horrible and I still do because <laughs> I didn't like the single but at the same time I'm still anticipating their album because I know how good they are I just right. I didn't but I know just from like talking to people I know on Instagram a lot of people really did like it really did like it yes yes okay, a so. lot of people really like it so obviously it's just my opinion <laughs> <laughs> right and that's the thing i think a lot of people that are newer don't understand is it's like look if you get a bad review unless you get like all bad reviews you might be doing something wrong you know <laughs> right, right. but if you just get like one bad review now that's just somebody's opinion and you're okay <laughs> You'll be okay. Yep. Yeah. Same way. I mean, I'm sure that was kind of the same way you guys took it too. Well, especially because um, everything that, that we've done on Dark Halo, you know, at least I'm speaking for myself, you know, you, you have like, if it brings me to tears and I'm getting chills listening to mm-hmm. everything, then I know we did it right. Aw, that's so you know, cool. You know, you, you want to, like, we try to make music that we love. Mm-hmm. first and foremost. So it's very selfish in that way. And I know a lot of other artists do that. 
There's nothing uh, wrong have, with that. <laughs> right. But I feel like if you if you're if you're doing it and you know it's from the heart, then it doesn't really matter what anybody else thinks. Um mm-hmm. cuz you know you weren't being fake, you know. Right, exactly. And so. in my again, my opinion, yeah. but what I feel is if somebody if a musician or a vocalist, if they feel what they're doing, you can tell when you hear it. I can tell. And I'm yep. feeling a little of what they're putting out there. And that's that. I love that. I love when I feel that. I love when I'm like, oh, my God, like they were feeling this. So, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like like I mentioned Dimmu Bargir earlier. Like that's one group that has really helped me a lot in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, on the surface, they're like a sat- you know, satanic black metal. Um, <laughs> But a lot of their stuff is actually quite positive um, mm-hmm. and not, yeah. I wouldn't call it satanic in an evil way. You know, it's more of a, no, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, a, that's kind of the perception people have of them. Yeah. Right. But yeah, I mean, but it's just been fascinating to, to have um, digested their music over the years and, and even, you know, taking the time to watch rev- interviews and stuff, but they're like, their biggest like intent is to get people to question everything. Mm-hmm. You know, they just want you to question why yeah. do you follow these rules or, or, you know, is your spirituality really right for you? And it's okay to ask questions. I mean, that's really the, mm-hmm. their biggest, you know, reason for doing what they do. And I think that's cool because sometimes yeah. when you question things and you get outside of your comfort, you find there's so much more richness in the world. So I mean, not for nothing, but I'm going to say it is personally thanks to social media we need to encourage a little more critical thinking in people yes yes we do <laughs> that, that's how i feel yes, yes. <laughs> that's my hot take uh-huh. <laughs> i i do i truly feel like social media is taking away people's ability to critically think for themselves and it bothers me yes yeah yeah it makes me want to listen to more metal <laughs> right and I, I mean, I'm with you on that, man. I had like, I mean, I know that everybody is aware that I went through a pretty messy divorce recently. And a lot of times there were days where I was like, I cannot take it anymore. So what did I do? I went in my room, I put on the music and I zoned Yep. and, you know, just listened to the lyrics and was like, all right, I'm just right here and everything's good now. And yeah, I mean, that, that got me through quite a few rough days. Awesome. That's great. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. Oh, no, it's not, you know, it's the same thing. I was often, like, thinking about maybe I'll pop out on the blog one day, like, hey, here's the songs that got me through this rough patch. But I don't know if anybody actually wants that or not, so. Yeah, you never know, because there could be somebody listening right now that's going through what you've gone through, you know, and maybe wants to have that, uh, that moment or, you know, that day to do the same. For their sake, I truly hope not. Uh, well, right, right. Yeah, I, right. I truly no, I hope know. not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, it's I like I, I hope I hope that nobody listening to this is going through a bad patch. I mean, if you are, I hope you feel a lot better. But I really hope you're not as well. Right, I hope you're not either. And but you know, you really are not alone. You know, if, nope. if you need to even reach out to us, and I mean, you know, I you, you can put my contact on there. You know, I have a shredrogers.com. I'm more than happy mm-hmm. to just help. I've, I've had that 
I've had that a couple of times. I've had some, uh, <laughs> a couple of younger metalheads message me on Instagram and just kind of like unload because they know that, you know, I am literally old enough to be their parent. And I've been like, right. okay, I'm going to give you some like parental level advice here without being your parents. <laughs> so, <laughs> and it has happened. And I think I love that though, because I'm like, that is so cool that you are just like reaching out to a total stranger only because you listen to the same music. Right. That says a lot about, you know, the community that we have at our fingertips. It's pretty cool. I love metalheads, man. I will say that (laughs) a hundred times over. And then some metalheads are some of the best people you will ever meet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're always like, I mean, just like, you know, the, the Discord community you and I are part of. I mean, none of us really know each other. I, I don't think there's anybody in there that I know, you know, but it's like, nobody cares. Like, we're all just like, hey, come on in. Like, we love talking to you. And yeah. Yes. Yes. The the, the power of intention is definitely um, making a a great positive thing there. So it's <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. But that's kind of like, that's what metalheads are like. We're just yeah. always like that. Yeah, And it doesn't matter what genre of metal either. Right. It doesn't. No, because I've met people that are like super into, you know, I mean, like they may as well be wearing corpse paint and everything else, but they're just like, yes, hey, come on, let's go hang out. And they're awesome. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we are going to wrap this up. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I loved hearing your perspective on things. I'm so glad people got to hear like how, I mean, genuinely inspiring you are. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. And thank you for having me. This has been a Uh, something that I've very much been looking forward to. Yay, I'm so glad. Well, guys, if you want to hear anything or check out the bands and the projects, as you know, all these links will be down below in the show notes. I am Candace. You know me as the Metal Mama, and I will see you guys next time.